Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Companions of the Message. This is Sada. And this is Maha. So today is the last episode of our theme, which is building a legacy. And we thought to conclude the series by talking about building our legacy with the closest people to us, right? Our family. And this topic is really important because when you're working on yourself, you're really only working on the person that everyone else sees. You're working on the person that, that is outside of the home. And we forget that the most important version of ourselves, like the person that will be questioned by Allah subhanahu ta'ala, is going to be the you that's at home. The you with your family, with your siblings, with your parents. That person that everyone else sees is, is pretty much the tip of the iceberg. Like I always give this analogy, at the halaqa, the iceberg analogy. And so that person that everyone else sees is literally just the tip. And inshallah, on this episode, we're going to talk about working on the rest of the iceberg, right? That 80% that, that everyone else is unaware of. That person that's at home. And subhanAllah, when you think about you as yourself, your identity, there's three versions. There's the you that only the people get to see that are outside, right? The masjid, the school, your friends. And then there's the you that your family sees, which is closer to your actual self. But even then, there's even more to you that comes about when you are alone. Your true self. That no so one else is aware Yeah, of. even your own family really doesn't know your true self, but they know the closest to that truth. SubhanAllah. So today's episode, like we said, we're really going to highlight, like before we talk about legacy and all this other stuff, we needed to end with just like it being your true self and not just a show. We don't want you to just put on a costume every day and walk out and, you know, create what people want to see from you. We want this to continue with your closest circle, your family. So the first verse of Surah An-Nisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal nasu taqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidatin. And then he goes on towards the end of the ayah, he says, mm-hmm. the, the part that I want to focus on in the ayah is where Allah says, Fear Allah. And then immediately right after, he says, Fear Al Arham. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, what does Al Arham mean? Al Arham comes from the word Rahim, which translates to womb, the womb of a woman. But what we're talking about here is family, right? Like when you read this yeah. ayah, you obviously know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says Arham, he's referring to your, your relatives, your family members. But subhanAllah, all members of a family go back to one person or one womb. The concept of a family goes back to the word womb, literally. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah, He's telling us to first fear Him, meaning to protect the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then right after, He's saying, protect the rights of your family. Mm-hmm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this several times throughout the Quran. right? In another ayah in Surah Al-Isra, Allah says, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Right, Allah says, do not worship anyone but Allah. And then immediately right after he says, mm-hmm. and be good to your parents and, and treat your parents with ihsan. And subhanAllah, what is ihsan? The angel Jibreel asked the Prophet ﷺ, ما هو الإحسان? أخبرني عن الإحسان. And then the Prophet says, الإحسان أن تعبد الله كأنك ترافع إن لم تكن ترافع إنه يراك. It is worshiping Allah as if you see him. Right, as if he's literally right there. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if you can't worship Allah in that way, then know that he sees you. And so do you talk to your parents? Do you talk to your family members knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there? So when Allah is saying, treat your parents with ihsan, you need to ask yourself, how are you talking to your parents? Are you talking to your parents as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the room, as if he's literally there watching you? Mm-hmm. There's an ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مَا يَكُونُ مِنْ نَجْوَى ثَلَاثَةٍ إِلَّا هُوَ رَابِعُهُمْ وَلَا خَمْسَةٍ إِلَّا هُوَ سَادِسُهُمْ right? So Allah is saying, like, do you not know that Allah knows whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth, subhanAllah? Like Allah literally knows everything. And not only that, Allah says if there are three people talking privately, mm-hmm. Allah is their fourth. Right? And if there's four people, Allah is their fifth. 
subhanallah and so when you're when you're in your home yeah. right in the privacy of your home your friends aren't there your teacher isn't there your supervisor the sheikh isn't there the people that you look up to the most are not there and it's just you and your parents and your siblings are you dealing with them with ihsan knowing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that fourth person in the room is that fifth person in the room you know when you said like the people that you look up to aren't there i feel like that's the biggest problem is that we don't look up to our parents the way you speak of your dad sada like i know from the way you speak is that he is your role model so it's very important that we learn to like respect and to see our parents as people to impress, as people to look up to. And I was listening to the sheikh and he said, you shouldn't have to ask your parents, Ma, make dua for me. Or Aba, make dua for me. You should be acting in a conduct that they themselves remember you in their du'as. So we're aware that our parents make a collective dua for all of us. You know, all, Ya Allah, guide my children. But you have to go out of your way to make sure your mom says your name. You have to do more than that. You can't just tell her, Ma, make dua for me. That dua isn't going to be as sincere as when she remembers you. When she thinks of what you've done for her that day and how you spoke to her. She feels that presence, right? And we don't want to make this a lecture about the mom and the dad. Inshallah, we're going to like segue into the other dynamics of the family. Yeah. And when I think about the family, I think of our siblings the most. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Abasana, and you know, whenever I give a talk about family, I always refer back to these ayahs because it says enough. Allah says, On that day, you will run away from who? Your siblings. And then who's next? Your parents. And your husband or your wife and then your children. But what was said first, Sada? Your siblings. Your siblings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't order things carelessly. There was a purpose in mentioning the siblings first. When you think about that, why were the siblings mentioned first? Is because they are the most neglected in the family dynamic. You respect your mom. We always hear talks about our moms, our fathers, the rights of your husband, the rights of your children. But nobody ever talks about your brother. No one ever talks about your sister, your biological sister and brother, right? Whenever we hear brother and sisters, we automatically think of like brother in Islam, sister in Islam. We never think of our you know, blood brother and sister. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you will run away from them. Why? You will run away from them because you don't want to meet them in front of Allah. And Matt, you know when you, you're you avoiding somebody? Mm-hmm. You're not just avoiding your siblings, you're running away from them. Because they have they have rights that were violated. Exactly. You, you not just violated, you completely ignored their rights. You didn't even acknowledge they even had rights towards you. Yeah. And you on that day will be running away from them. You have to ask yourself, Am I going to be a person that runs away from my brother or my sister? Or will I be the one that runs to them? And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. says to worship him several times in the Quran and then immediately right after mentions the rights of, of your family. Mm-hmm. Like they have rights that need to be respected. Even if you don't get along with them, even if your personalities crash, they still have rights. And it shows you like you, you mentioned those ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, the family ties. Your family is only second to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're not second to your friends or your outings or your social life. They are only second to Allah. And even within that, there's levels to it. And that is your parents. Above that whole hierarchy of your family, your parents are on top. They are your top priority, followed by your siblings, followed by everything else in your in your family dynamic. But we have to make sure we're not just focusing on just mom and dad. And that's the end of, you know, keep, you know, my ties with my family. And subhanAllah, like when, when you were speaking, like all I kept thinking about was that this conversation I had with with my dad back when I was in college in the height of it you know MSA meetings this that hanging out with friends making friends all of a sudden I became like a child again and yeah. you know traveling to different campuses and he said to me and it stuck with me and it made me feel like such a terrible daughter and a terrible person and he said you know I wish you would put me before your friends because I put you before myself oh. and he said that and I we were in the car and I was like damn I was deep <laughs> yeah. and I, I was so shook 
because I was like, it's so true. He would put me before himself. Before he thinks of himself, he thinks of me. Our parents. Exactly. Oh. Only your parents would do that. We're out here putting our friends before our family, putting a meeting. We're making everything feel like it's the end of the world. And subhanAllah, they are your top priority. They're the ones you should put above everything. Incorporating legacy in this. When you think of the Prophet Muhammad's prophethood and how it began, he spent over 20 years with his family, or about 20 years. And there's nothing written. You know that? Like, we know he got married. And then after that, there's not much to be said because he was too busy in his house taking care of his household. And only like sort of when the prophethood was coming about, there's more things narrated because it, there was more attention to that knowing that he was the prophet. So people were narrating more and focusing more on that and asking. But between his lifespan, between 25 and you know 45, there's not much mentioned because he was raising his daughters in his home. And when you look at the seerah, who were the first people to accept his message? It was his family. We're too busy. We have terrible relationship with our families and we're trying to, oh, go pray, go do this. We're trying to give them dawah when there's no relationship, there's no love to begin with. It's like giving advice to somebody you completely hate or there's, there's animosity towards them. You wouldn't approach them that way. You would first start with showing love, showing kindness, showing that you care and then throwing in that, that dawah aspect to your relationship. It makes me think like the first thing that you should think about when you're trying to build that relationship with your family is just speaking kindly to your siblings yeah. and to your parents. Like start with your words, right? And and start off if it's really hard for you to be kind to your siblings because that relationship isn't there yet and, it, and there's that aw awkwardness or whatever. I think hold back things that you normally would say to your siblings. <laughs> I think that's the first step. Yeah. <laughs> Staying quiet, holding your tongue, right? So they bother you in moments where you'd be so annoyed and you'd yell and you'd scream, you hold your tongue. That will make it easier for you to, to speak kindly to them. And I wanted to mention this moment where Aisha speaks to the Prophet And so she's narrating the hadith and she says, فَقُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ إِنَّ صَفِيَّ مْرَأَةٌ وَقَالَتْ بِيَدِهَا كَذَا Right, so Aisha is talking about Safiya and she's talking to the Prophet and she's gesturing with her hand and she's basically trying to say that Safiya is short. يعني تعني قصيرة فَقَالَ لَقَدْ قُلْتِ كَلِمَةً لَوْ مُزِّجَتْ بِمَاءِ الْبَحْرِ لَمَزَّجَتْهُ so the Prophet looks at Aisha and he's so disappointed by what she's saying, even though she didn't actually say anything. She didn't say Safiya is short. She didn't describe. She literally just gestured with her hand. Mm -hmm. And the Prophet says, you have just said a word that if it were to be put into the ocean, it would completely contaminate the ocean. Like the Prophet was so disappointed by what she was saying. It brings me back to the point of being kind to your siblings. Just imagine that the Prophet lived a day in your home with you and your siblings and your family. Would you be proud of how you're talking to your family members if the Prophet was there? So imagine, Aisha didn't say anything, she just gestured with her hand, and that one thing would contaminate the ocean. Imagine all the things that we say to our siblings. And you know what this makes me think of? When you are with your siblings, and when you are doing those gestures, or you're saying these words, or and it's crazy because your, your siblings know exactly what are your triggers, and they know how to do it the best. They can bring the worst out of you. Yeah, exactly. And you can bring the worst out of them. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think, okay, when I think about legacy, you're thinking of like your successful legacy, but you also can leave a legacy that isn't the best. There's Hassan Ajariya and then there's Sayyid Ajariya. Yeah. You can have an ongoing good deed and you can also have an ongoing sin. Mm -hmm. So I'm the oldest in the family and my younger siblings are looking up to me. The way I treat them is the way they will treat their younger siblings. So if I teach my younger brother that this is how you speak to your younger sibling, that he's supposed to be you know, subordinate to you, 
and that you know you're allowed to hit him and you're allowed to scream at him and you're allowed to boss him around and you're allowed to just be mean to them and they are not allowed to say anything back they will teach that younger sibling after them the same concept and it will be an ongoing thing that my brother thinks this is the way you speak to someone you love my brother sees the way i'm speaking to my sister and he starts to think okay this is how i speak to a woman and i know i'm like i'm going like you know, I'm reaching for it, but it really does change the mindset of a brother or of a sister where you start to think this is how you treat people you love. And then you start to see them in relationships and in marriages and they're failing. Why? Because they didn't know how to treat the closest people to them. They think this is acceptable behavior and you could have been the root to that. So you have to think, am I the one teaching my siblings like I should be praising and loving and being kind to my brother or my sister? Or am I teaching them that we need to have them under our hand? You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows you two extremes in the Quran. He shows you the, the story of Adam and his sons, right? We spoke about that in last episode where uh, one killed the other because of that jealousy and that sibling rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. That's all that really was if you boil it down. And then he shows you a different extreme with the story of Musa والسلام, and Harun والسلام. And the only reason why we say Harun والسلام, is because of Musa. Musa yeah. <laughs> so he gave his brother such high status. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was praising Musa, what did Musa do? He brought in his brother and that's hard to do. When you're being praised, you want to indulge in that. You want to yeah. sit and let it lather. You don't want the attention to go to anyone else and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to Musa brings up his brother saying he's better than me imagine not just bringing him into the conversation but telling Allah I need him if I'm gonna be a messenger he needs to be a messenger with me and no one has honored their brother the way Musa has honored his brother you should be speaking of your brother in such high status and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should know about you and him or you and her and when I think about brothers, right, and I'm going to go off on this, the reasoning why, right, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to generalize, but what I'm noticing is that with the young youth, the sisters, they, for the most part, have such terrible relationships with their brothers. So it's a root for when they start to seek love elsewhere. And then the brothers start to try to control them, right, try to act like their dad. And I want you to know this as if you are a brother listening to this, our five brothers that are out there listening, you are not your sister's father. You are her brother. You will never earn that respect of her father because you are not her father. You will be one day somebody's father, but not your sister's. Be her brother and you'll see how much of an influence you have over her. Mm -hmm. If you want your sister, it goes opposite ways. Sisters, if you want your brothers to listen to you, stop acting like their mom. Brothers, stop acting like their fathers and be a sibling with them. There's nothing that I appreciate most about my brothers. For the most part, for the ones that treated me like their sister, and I saw them as my brother, till this day, if they tell me something, I will always listen to them. It just comes natural that it's coming from a place of love, not a place of authority. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad can say things that no one else can say because he's my dad. Mm-hmm. But once another person puts on that hat, it's automatically, I don't want to listen to you. Yeah. Like, my, me and my sister's relationship at one point was so, like, toxic. Because she was the oldest, so naturally she did put on the mom hat. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working out once I got older. It wasn't settling with me. Until when? Until she stopped being my mom and became my sister that we started to actually open up to each other and have love. And subhanAllah, I appreciate that the most. If you are a brother, act like her brother. Take her out to the movies. Hang out with her. It's very important if you want to influence your siblings and you do want to influence them. You do want them to be their best. You do want to give them advice. So you have to do the first step and that is having a relationship with them. Same thing with your mom and your dad. You want your parents to be involved in your daily choices. A lot of us are in this limbo when we're trying to get married to somebody that is outside the culture, maybe outside the family, outside of like the community. And we didn't involve our mom in any of it or our father or our family. And we've invested so much with this person. And then years come along and you're like, all right, 
he's finally mustering up the courage to ask for you. And he does come and ask. But because you didn't involve your parents in any of it to them, it's like day one. Exactly. It took you three years for that to happen. And you expect your parents to just be okay with it from day one? You have to think about it. You can't expect your parents to be on board when you weren't putting them on board. So if you really are serious about any kind of relationship, future relationship, have them be involved. And if they're not okay with it, then they're not going to be okay with it later on either. And going back to you talking about Musa and Harun and how he honored his brother, the first thing that I thought about when you said that was just being an older sibling. Yeah. Like, I feel like the, like, I swear the greatest title that you can have is being <laughs> someone's older sibling. Yeah. And I, and I realized this after, like, I built a relationship with my younger sisters, and I realized, like, how much better our life was when we were all, f- like, friends, you know? Yeah. And it's so funny. People are, like, sometimes come up to me and they're like, oh, you have such a perfect relationship with your siblings. <laughs> I'm like, it's not, subhanAllah, it's not perfect at all. Um, like, you guys don't know what goes on at home. Like, the, obviously, we fight, and that's normal. Siblings mm-hmm. fight all the time, and things happen at home. But I think the biggest thing that that helps with how we're so close mm-hmm. and how our relationship is so tight is is the, the idea that we just let things go. Yeah. Imagine living with someone your whole life for yeah. 30 years, 25 years, 20 years. They're going to mess up. You have to have this in you to forgive them, to let things go, to let things slide. And you have to also understand that, like, you can't change anyone, yeah. even if they're your sister or brother. Like, like the prophet even says you you do not guide whomsoever you wish like you mm-hmm. can't change someone and so when your when your sibling or your parent or whatever does something that bothers you the way to let things go the first step in, in forgiving that person is knowing that you know what I might not be able to change how they're acting like I can't control the fact that my sister's blowing up or getting upset or getting angry yeah I can't it's not in my hands but I can control how I react I can control the fact that I can control just forgiving her, moving on. You can also explain what bothers you. Like, that's another thing. Like, not bottling things yeah. things up and, and, and then getting angry and angry and angry and then exploding completely. Mm-hmm. And then the other person ends up being like a victim. They're like, why are you... <laughs> like, you're really getting upset because I ate your food. And it's yeah. not about the food. It's about all the other things. things. Yeah. Right? So, first of all, don't be shy to communicate with your siblings and your parents. And obviously, it's not to say that they're going to be very open to your communication. They might be annoyed. They might get defensive. And that's totally normal. But obviously, with that comes a lot of patience. The second thing is just letting things go and working on the good that is in your relationship. So we focus on every relationship except the ones that are so close to us that are going to affect our character. That really speaks true to if we are getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you really want to know if you're changing, ask yourself, are you changing in your household? If you are the same person and the change only happens on the limelight when you're outside in Mm -hmm. front of people, you did not change. You are putting up a front. You are putting up a show. You have to start evaluating yourself, being self-aware, asking yourself these tough questions. When I enter the house, how am I? Do I finally go, all right, finally, time to be myself and be this monster? Or do I continue putting on my best? Mm -hmm. And with Islam, it's not about being yourself. It's about being your best self. Stop thinking that, oh, people need to accept you as you are. No, we don't. We shouldn't have to deal with your, your nonsense. Your parents shouldn't have to deal with the, your mouth. Your sister shouldn't have to deal with your you know your anger issues. No, you should put on your best with your family first. And then when you go outside, it will be such a breeze. You'd honestly have to take off some of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to deal with so much when you're outside compared to when you are in the home. So knowing that this legacy begins with the house. 
begins with you at home, begins with you and your parents, making sure you're acting in a conduct that allows them to make dua for you without you asking. This continues with your relationship with your sisters, with your brothers, knowing that your relationship and influencing them or being there for them or maybe even giving them da'wah begins with you loving and respecting them. And so we're trying to work on our best selves within the home first and then that all translates, right? Like that all, we become that person outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And it's, subhanAllah, like, you are your best self when you are your most authentic self. And like it reminds me of this thing that stuck with me when I was younger. Um, my, like I was obviously like as a kid known to just be crazy and always cracking jokes. <laughs> um, I had like the loudest laugh. And my mom um, once told me as a kid, she was like, Sada, I wish you would laugh at home as much as you laugh with people. And it, and it really broke my heart. Because I'm like, wow, like am I really a different person at home. Like, I didn't even notice. I thought I was the same Sada, but to my mom, no. I, I'm this really happy girl at the masjid, and I come home, and I'm just a mess. Yeah. SubhanAllah. And I remember after she said that one thing, I truly started, like, working on how I was at home. Mm -hmm. Like, I would literally force myself to, like, laugh or smile or whatever. And SubhanAllah, like, when you work on something enough, thinking about something enough, it really... You do change. And so think about how you are with your parents, how you are with your siblings. Are you smiling to your parents as much as you smile to your to your friends? Mm -hmm. Right. And then I remember once some girls asked, like, okay, my mom doesn't want me to talk to her. I was like, okay, then you have to figure out your mother's love language. Subhanallah, yeah. What's exactly. your mom's love language? What does she want you to do? Exactly. And it's yeah. what you don't want to do, obviously, right? It's the cooking, it's the yeah. cleaning, it's the helping your sibling with their homework and whatnot. If yeah. that's what's going to make her happy, you have to love her in the way that she wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. You have to make her pleased in the way that she wants to be pleased, right? Exactly. If that's what it takes, then you have to do it. You can't tell your mom how to be loved. Some of our moms are, we're all different. We're all, mm -hmm. we're, none of us are uniform. You have to figure your mom out and do what it is, even if it, you don't like it. Everyone is different. My mom's love language is not cleaning. What is it? My mom, when I clean, my mom tells me I'm sick because of how much I clean. <laughs> she, she genuinely gets annoyed. Yeah. My mom's love language is, is just sitting with her. Mm. And, and talking, drinking tea and just talking with her. And so like, if we're going out, she'll always be like upset. Like, do you not enjoy my company as much as you enjoy your friends? That's Aww. literally my mom's love language. And now we understand it. And now it's like, all my siblings now know, okay, this is my mom's time. Asr time is my mom's <laughs> time. And we'll all sit together. And subhanAllah, it's really helped our relationships. It's really important. That's so true, Maha. Figure out your parents' love languages. Figure out your siblings' love languages. So we wanted to conclude with our theme, building our legacy with our families knowing that it has to begin at home for it to extend to the out world, for it to last, for it to be genuine, for it to be yeah. sincere. If you are struggling with sincerity, check yourself at home. So inshallah, jazakallah khairan for joining us these past four episodes. So inshallah, our next theme is going to be tazkiyah, the purification of the soul. Also, we want to just end with that. Inshallah, Sada and I will, will both be posting individual episodes, very short reminders. Our joint ones are only less than 30 minutes, so our individual ones will be no more than 10 minutes. And I will be putting mine out on Tuesdays. And Sada will post hers on Thursdays, inshallah. So we'll give you some insight on the topics and what to expect. Jazakum Allah khairan for joining us. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.